desired sites after dark. Radio check. Copy. Loud and clear. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation, and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Iron Insights Podcast After Dark. JP in the house. JP, what is up? What up? Good to have you back, man. Uh, today, you had some stuff you want to talk about. Yeah. What are we talking about? Um, really like application and goals for your handgun. Um, just because I think things have gotten really blurry lately with either me, myself or people I hang out with or what I see on the old social media. Expand please. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking competition guns versus what you carry every day, maybe one should have an accelerator ramp and a compensator and maybe one of them shouldn't got you. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, we could start this off with, just how we do in fitness. What are your goals, right? Uh, what's your goal for whatever handgun that you're working with? Um, if you're the average person, that probably means like self-defense, home defense, or everyday carry. Uh, if you're the Turner brothers and you like USPSA, then maybe you're just trying to build the fastest race car out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also kind of like a weird middle ground that usually ends up being like the battle belt scenario where like you have like a full size and maybe there is some competition stuff on it as long as it's reliable. That's where things start to get really interesting in my opinion, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean like it's a weird middle ground. Yeah. Well, we'll go into that more, but like even uh, the most respected names in this space for training are starting to run like dual port compensators, uh, red dots, accelerator ramps and all this kind of shit. It's crazy. I mean, a year ago they were very popular. We were porting, we were, Hoarding slides and things like that. And now everybody's moved over to the comp. Yeah. And it's, I mean, they're very popular. We don't have to name names, but those videos and the amount of attention they're getting is. It's it's, it's really weird because like the Roland special, do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. So that like, the reason why I ask is because it was weird. It like became like a hype for a heart, yeah. like a long time. Like when I first really got into like learning about like shooting and like culturally what's what's hot and hype right now. That was like the hot shit. Well, explain that too. For people that don't know what it is, why don't you go yeah. through it? So like basically if you have like a Glock 19 and you have like a compensator and you have like a Trigicon RMR and a Surefire X300, that pretty much gives you like the size of, and the, and the size and kind of like better performance than maybe like a full size gun, like a G17 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it gives you reliability and it's a little bit more concealable maybe, uh, than like a full size G 17 G 34, but like a comp G 19, most likely as long as you're okay with the grip is going to be, uh, a better bet than just a standard G 17. Gotcha. Right. And, yes. then, and then like the X 300, like is this massive pistol light. Right. So that thing is going to fit pretty much flush with the compensator. When in other cases, maybe it doesn't fit flesh. Maybe that thing like sticks out. And I know me, I've carried it appendix before and that thing will poke your dick. Right. It's pretty, <laughs> it's long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
Let's go back. Let's not get too far down that mm-hmm. road. But you mentioned a couple of things, compensators, accelerated ramps, things like that. I mean, we got to go yeah. into it. But I think where you started was let's talk about application. Yeah. But before we talk about application, let's talk about the, the goals. What are the goals of your gun? What are good ideas? Maybe bad ideas. Yeah. Where were you going with that? So I think uh, let's let's start with the extreme stuff first. Okay. So like, let's say this is your hobby is shooting handguns like Jake Turner, right? So you need to make sure that you have this full on race car that if it breaks, it's not life or death. It's just the competition day might have ended. But other than that, there's no consequences. Right. So maybe you do have the accelerator ramp, which adds more traction for your thumb to control recoil on the frame. So that's good. Right. For performance. Um, Now, pros and cons to like something like that, if it's like an external accelerator ramp rather than just like stippled into the frame Mm -hmm. like a Glock. Um, maybe that adds a lot of weight and it makes it uncomfortable to carry concealed, but this is a race gun. So that doesn't fucking matter. Right. Um, dual port comps, long comps that like, you know, inch or two inches added to your muzzle. That's this is not, on your comp gun. That's, that's on your, your, your competition gun. gun yeah. Right. Maybe, uh, that helps. I know personally from my G 17 that my dual port comp does a lot. It, my G 17 shoots super flat. It's got a ported slide and comp and uh like a large comp and i know those two things have really significantly impacted the recoil on that thing so if you're talking like competition gun maybe you get this big ass comp that maybe the gas is uh you know shooting out in one direction maybe uh that doesn't bother you because it's a competition gun maybe adding two inches to your muzzle doesn't bother you because it's outside the it's waistband not a big deal yeah competition gun um yeah and then also there's with comps there's reliability Right. So we went out and shot with uh, Christine Feria. Right. Right. And her and her uh, manager, uh, we brought all our Gunco guns, my personal Gunco guns and then some of the other Gunco guns. And right away, I don't know why this is my mistake that I didn't think about this until they actually shot the guns. But after we ran through all the fundamentals of shooting, when we actually got them shooting, the comped guns were a little harder to shoot if you don't have a good grip. Yeah, they were having a really tough time. Yeah, like like they weren't getting back into battery each time because if you don't have a strong grip, they were forcing stovepipes, which is common with like a Glock, but it's really like, uh, it's really bad if you have a compensator and uh, like different recoil springs uh, to have a weak grip. It's even worse, right? That just like makes it, that amplifies that. So if you have a weak grip with, with a Glock and you get stovepipes, you really don't want to throw a compensator on there. Okay. So like we're talking competition guns, we're talking about if this is your hobby and maybe you're just trying to get better at shooting, you can afford to, to run into these things. So like me personally, um, like I said, comps do a lot and then you have to change the recoil spring that helps with recoil, but then that also makes it to where now you're changing all these things on your gun. Right. And now like you have to remember as you're shooting this gun, okay, I have to make sure I have a good grip. Maybe that's second nature for me, but somebody else who's building a comp gun, maybe they don't even know that like they did this comp and this recoil spring and that's, what's causing the issues. Right. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that because you know, there's all this imagery they see, they see these guys out at the range, they got these cool setups or appearingly, or, you know, they appear to be cool. There's, you know, new colors that are coming out. You can customize your gun, you can personalize it and whatever else. And a lot of people probably don't have a lot of in-depth knowledge about what each one of those. And let's just be honest with it. I kind of look at it like looking at hot rods, right. Or, Mm -hmm. or cars like muscle cars. So I was a gearhead when I was growing up and it's the, 
it was the Chevy or the Ford, right? And you could buy any number of bolt-on things to throw on your on your motor externally to maybe add a little bit of horsepower here or there. Uh, but each time you do that, it changes things downstream, right? Or down yeah. the line. And then there's a lot of things you can do internally, but obviously that requires a lot more precision work the, mm-hmm. and everything on the outside and internally needs to be built up to par in order to support what's going on. So an example, like you can't just throw a supercharger or a blower right on a stock motor. You'll blow the thing to pieces. Yeah. So, and even if you did do all of that, let's say you did the motor right. Well, you have a tra- you have a drivetrain, so you got, yeah. you got your transmission, you got your drive line, you got your rear end differential axles, all that other stuff. That all has to be up to speed as well. So, mm-hmm. just throwing a compensator on the end of your gun, maybe throw a new ba- barrel on it. Well, think about all the physics that go into making that that gun work. Yeah, uh, there's springs, there's clearances, there's tolerances, there's wear and tear. Each time you make an adjustment, you are potentially also adding a potential problem to that firearm because those things coming out of the factory uh, are not built for that. I mean, some of them, I think there's probably some technology now and I'm not an expert on any of this stuff, but I'm sure Glock's already thought of this and they know that people are doing these types of things like gun or SIG or whoever. And so they're, they're starting to make workarounds so that people don't have issues with these guns, knowing they're going to modify them. Yeah. But I, the point is, you start fucking with your your base level stock stock car. It's not a stock car anymore. Yeah, right? you gotta you gotta it's, make adjustments. I always tell people it's just like cars. You know what I mean? Like I remember when I was building up my uh, a Mitsubishi Evolution. I remember like I finally got like um, I got it on ethanol and uh, I built the motor exactly how I wanted it, the responsiveness I wanted, and everything like that. And then all of a sudden. You know, I have 500 pounds of torque and then my fucking drive trains becoming an issue, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like you need a new clutch and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's just money on top of money. So as we're talking about all these mods, think about there's a cause and effect. And if you add more horsepower, you probably need better brakes. That's pretty much what we're trying to say. It's a simple analogy. Yeah. So with that being said, we'll keep talking about this competition gun. You know, we have new recoil spring that goes with the comp, right? Um, That helps with recoil. You need a different slide. Um, if you want it to track a little bit smoother, ported slide windows, things like that, maybe get serrations that takes off weight. And then also you need milling cause you probably are going to run a red dot. If you're doing all this to your gun, you're probably mm-hmm. not running iron sights, right? If you're running a red dot and you're a competition gun, you want the biggest window. Maybe that's an SRO. Maybe that's a Hollison. If you don't care about reliability, so it's a competition gun. So you probably want a big ass window is my point. Right. Um, and that's fine. Maybe you want a Delta point. Those windows are cool too. Um, and then you want a big flared magwell. Cause I don't know if you've ever used like a stock Glock versus like a really aggressive magwell, dude, it makes it a ton easier. Yeah. You, it's more forgiving. It's way more forgiving. Right. Dude. You're and moving if, with speed and you absolutely have more leeway to not be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm running, like, uh, I, my personal favorite is the Terran tactical uh, competition magwell. If I'm just talking about full on speed outside the waistband, uh, that thing has been nothing but great to me. And, um, it looks like a funnel on the, but on the, on the, dude, the it's massive though. Yeah. It looks like you have like a vacuum cleaner at the bottom of your gun. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right? We're talking about race guns. Right. And then, so you might have framework, you might have stippling, you might have grip tape. Grip tape is cool for race guns. Uh, stippling is cool. 
but grip tape and stippling maybe don't feel great against your body, but since they're race guns and they're outside the waistband, maybe that's yeah, okay. So you see, yeah. So you're talking about that stippled, that stippled gun riding against your, your pork chop all day long inside yeah. that waist belt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and depending on how aggressive it is or what shape it is, whatever. And sometimes even people, I think like Beretta and CZ get away with just like really smooth, uh, added on handles. I don't know how you would call it, but like the bolt on grips. Cause a lot of them have like metal frames, mm-hmm. right? Uh, those are really good to go. If you're just running a 30 second to one minute stage, cause even if you get sweaty competition, people use chalk, mm-hmm. right? So that ultimately that doesn't matter anyways, like the grip tape and all that other shit, unless you're somebody who doesn't use chalk. So yeah, the, there's a lot of forgiveness happening with the competition gun. Then you have like the trigger, um, you know, we've, we've seen some of our, some of our buddies, um, uh, like pin the safety on 2011, oh, all kinds of shit they're doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. So like, realistically, let's, let's be real here. You probably don't want to pin a safety on your carry gun, right. Or even combat gun. I know Glocks are like a press safety instead of like an actual switch. I get that similar, but yeah, if you're an experienced shooter, maybe, maybe, uh, you just always know how to, you know, have a straight finger or whatever. I don't know. But my point is on competition guns, people do things like that where they pin the safety so that whenever you're ready to shoot, you just pull That's that trigger. Yeah. There's no like finding the safety switch on the on the frame or on the actual trigger shoe. Yeah, and the safety's there for a reason, but in competition, it's all very controlled, just, it's all very timed. Yeah. You'd, it's pretty, pretty controlled. We've already yeah. talked about this on other podcasts. It, yeah. It's very safe. Mm-hmm. So and then like if we're talking about Glocks or 2011s, those triggers can get really light, really short, right? Like so the travel can get really short. Um, the actual wall pressure can go down a lot depending on like what brand you use or what you know concoction you build up, whatever Frankenstein trigger you want to put together. Um, so my point is that's pretty much what a race gun would look like. You might have extended levers like the G34 mag release is what I use on my 17. That's mm-hmm. outside the waistband. But then I might use like like a, a Vickers tactical on my 19, which is better than the stock one, but it's also not crazy. Mm-hmm. Like sticking out like a G 34. Right. Right. And like Zev has like an extended mag release. Like that thing just co- goes off on its own all the time. Yeah. <laughs> when I've used Give it. it a good grip. Yeah. It's yeah. Gone. There it goes. Yeah. So that's pretty much what we're looking at for a competition gun. And that's like attack, 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 offense, race car. Uh, and you know, like I've seen Jake's fucking slide lever, on his 2011 just straight fall right off like a handful of times. And I know he knows in his heart, he's not going to carry that thing as self-defense, but also like, could you imagine carrying a gun self-defense? And like, and oh shit, apart, you? the fucking yeah. safety lever just slides out the side. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to. Yeah. So, um, if that's your goal to build a race car and race on the track only, then, then that's what we're build looking a race at. Right. Yeah. But, um, We'll get down this road a little bit more uh, a little bit later on, but just the point of this is we want to give you uh, different ideas for what your goals are and try not to blend them in an uh, an unsafe manner or like maybe a way that isn't productive. Yeah. I was just going to say like impractical. Yeah. It's just not practical. Right. Um, So then we'll go to, let's say concealed. Okay. Now this one's always fun because me, always doing product development people might see like currently i'm running a compensator on my carry block mm-hmm. 19 mm-hmm. i have a gun code carry magwell it doesn't help my reloads at all but it gives me a little bit more pinky rest uh 
you know, a little bit more grip on the bottom of the frame. Yep. Just a little bit. I like that. It's not a whole lot. I have goon tape on there, not stippling. I love rocket city stippling, but I just, let's be honest, dude. I have too many like guns that I'm like working on to stipple every single gun, you know, goon tapes, cheap and effective. And it, it gives me a little bit more grip. It absorbs the sweat and it's like $10. <laughs> so yeah, here's the thing. So like I have my hands get really sweaty. It's like a curse. Uh, and it, it's usually if I'm out on a, like in a, I live in California. So, you know, we're, it's pretty temperate here. It doesn't get uber hot, but I have had a couple of training days where it's been really hot out there mm. and it starts to get to me, even using the stippling. Um, yeah. I've, I've run stippled guns and it just, once the hands are wet, right. Mm. Or, or in this case, sweaty, IE wet. And that stipple starts to rub on there. Like it actually makes it really uncomfortable. Like yeah. for on, on, a, on a long training day, you know, if you're just, if this is a, if this is a self-defense gun or whatever, you're mm-hmm. probably, it's probably not going to be like that. But if you're going to be training with it for long periods of time, I found that it's actually not that comfortable for me. So I prefer the tape. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the tape. Um, and like I said, it's temporary if you want it to be, um, and it's cheap. So like, it's up to you getting that undercut in the Glock frame usually helps. Cause I have like Glock knuckle. So where like the bottom of the frame rubs against my middle finger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do prefer stippling in most cases. It depends on what stipple job you get to. I think I know what gun you're talking about that you ran. Some are more aggressive than others. Uh, sometimes it helps and sometimes it's just for looks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, so I run goon tape. I run like a very slim uh, magwell. Um, I have one of my carry base plates on there that I just carry with. And then I have a spare mag. That's like the, the large base plate, right? That's actually not in the gun because you don't want to print when you're carrying concealed. Uh, I have a, a single window gunco slide because you want to minimize how many windows you have. Yeah, on, talk about that on a, a carried uh, Glock. I did want to uh, take a little weight off, but I'll be honest with you. I don't need any windows on my carry Glock. Like so like the G34 comes from the Glock factory with a big window. Um Glocks are fucking bulletproof, dude. So I've dropped my carry G19 in the mud or rubbed it against the mud, you know, in the middle of like doing prone kneeling shit like that. And, uh, it's worked flawlessly. That still doesn't mean you want to like purposely allow yourself to like have more nooks and crannies to get debris, dust, dirt, gravel. There it is right there. Yeah. Like what are you presenting by allowing more things to enter into the mechanics, the mechanism of the, of the gun that could potentially slow it down or shut it down. Yeah. So when you're talking about like carry, if it's your carry gun, your goal is probably concealable safety and reliability. That's probably the goal, right? So when you do more window cuts and serrations and things like that, some might be for grip and a lot of it's to take weight off the slide. Now that top window cut, it's kind of like a, it's not a bad one. It's, it's very minimal. Uh, but like I said, I almost would prefer no window cut. That was actually just um, a slide that Gunco had specially made. So I, I rocked it. You know what I mean? Um, but like Gunco makes three window slides and I have that on my combat belt G17, which we'll talk about later. That's a little bit more forgiving. But uh, I prefer no windows if I can help it. It helps with uh, taking weight off the slide, but it also, like I said, it allows mud and debris and sand and the gun's not airtight. So like shit's going to get in there either Anyways, way, yeah. but you still want to minimize that. Right. Um, 
have a compensator because, you know, uh, Gunco and me are constantly doing product development. So that's something that we're working on right now. So that's why I'm doing that. But I'll tell you right now, my favorite go to uh, concealed barrel setup was either my G45 with a stock fucking barrel yep. or my G19 with uh, my arc division barrel with no comp. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking about comfort and reliability right with those two situations right uh my compensator like i said it's more for product development than anything uh the the compensator i'm currently running on there is too large and it gets uncomfortable you just uh, in terms of length when and, carrying and just when it, when it's carrying mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like if you're going to tell me like if you're going to ask me i should say um you know, do you think it's worth it to add an inch, inch and a half to the end of your muzzle to reduce recoil by like 15, 20%? It depends on how short you are. Yeah. Right? It depends it, on how, what that setup. I personally like. like have a good grip. I take pride in my fucking handgun grip and I, I don't need a compensator. Um, yeah. I, again, I, it, there comes a point where you're splitting hairs. Yeah. You, you're starting to split hairs and how much of it is the gun versus how much is your ability uh, yeah, and, yeah. And what are we really getting here? I mean, is it, you know, a hundredth of a second, you know, in your splits, your shot splits, you know, or, you know, is it, what are we talking like a milli inch? If that's, yeah. even a, if that's even a millimeter yeah. off in terms of keyholing your shots. Let's be honest. Like how much advantage are we really getting here at a certain point? And I, I don't think there's a, there's an answer for that. Uh, it's up to the individual and what they think they're getting and what their actual performance uh I guess data tells them yeah. uh, you would know, but I, I don't know. I think what we're getting at is or where, you, where you're getting at is people are throwing all kinds of shit on their guns before they've with, without maybe thinking down the, the whole line. What's yeah. The goal? So What's the application. So we're going to talk about goals and applications and bring all these together. Once we, once we get, get through like this concealed and then outside the waistband. Cause I do actually want to talk about that and some experiences I've had with people that I've shot with and like why there's this weird blurry gray area now. Right. Um, so I have this comp, it's more for product development. I like comps. I prefer comps, but on my carry, if it wasn't for product development, I'd be rocking a stock barrel most likely. Mm -hmm. Um, my trigger, I use my own trigger shoe and a stock, uh, Glock internals for my carry, uh, 19. I love my trigger dude. Like, so I'm going to like help and hurt my trigger right now in terms of selling it. It definitely makes a difference. Every trigger that I've ever shot, like my trigger shoe on somebody's gun, like the travel is shorter and the break is cleaner with my trigger shoe. I love it. It's always worked really well for me. Um, and I would suggest, you know, if anybody wants to increase their performance with either follow-up shot speed because it's shorter travel Mm -hmm. or just the fact that you get a more positive wall like a more like carrot crack as like say in the trigger world wall i'd say that performance wise there's no doubt about it like your touch feedback all of that the trigger helps but i also think people should stick with the factory glock trigger if they can get away with it Mm -hmm. if we're talking carry if they can get away with it, what I mean by get away with it is that my friend runs like a Gen 4 G19 and I absolutely fucking hate his trigger. But that's just one Glock out of so many that that's I'm totally fine. Point. That's an important point. They're not all the same. Correct. And I think you prefer on your G17. I love trigger. my stock trigger. Yeah. And I love it. I had a stock trigger on my G17 and don't get me wrong. Maybe I didn't know as much about triggers then as I do now, but it didn't bother me at all. Um, 
I'd, I've shot a, plenty of 19s with a stock trigger Gen 3 and Gen 5, and it's just fine. So I say in terms of reliability, I've never seen a, a Glock trigger, a factory one fail. And just for the for the sake of data, I'm going to say this, and this isn't throwing any companies under the bus. I love Apex Tactical Triggers. That's the trigger assembly that I run inside of my G17. So the internals. The internals, I run that with my shoe because I prefer my trigger shoe. That's why I made it. You know what I mean? But, Weird. Yeah. But I ran nothing but Apex Triggers on every Glock I've ever had over the last few years. Um, but after like 25, 30,000 rounds on my G17 before I, I made my current trigger shoe, like the safety just whole ass came out in the middle of shooting fell fell apart. Yeah. But I mean, come on, dude, like it lasted 25 to 30,000 rounds ish of me only pushing that gun. It wasn't on my carry gun. It was on my, my combat belt gun that I'm just always trying to burn shit down with. Like that's no knock on apex tactical. They make a great trigger. But my point in saying that is that's my go-to trigger assembly. And I still wouldn't suggest to put that on your carry gun because it straight blew like the spring just blew out in my finger. Right. It, the Glock stock, the stock Glock triggers just hold up. Yeah. So if they just hold up, I've never seen one fail, dude. I, my, uh, one of my shop guns, the, the all olive one with the stippling, that gun was actually like a, a 15 year old gen three, uh, yeah. G 17 still running. That was a police trade in. <laughs> And I shot it before I turned it into the shop clock and do the trigger didn't feel like amazing, but the thing ran just fine mm-hmm. other than it feeling slick and worn down. Like it ran just fine. So the reason why I bring that up is because if you're carrying a gun, like honestly, dude, and if we're talking just clocks here, stock trigger, if you're carrying like an MMP, I don't know. Those triggers are kind of shitty, <laughs> <laughs> but um, just from what I know, uh, like uh, Jake runs like a Beretta 92 or M9. Uh, those things I think are great stock as is maybe it's just like a red dot, but like, I think those things are outstanding as is. Yeah. But you, to your point, every, every, every trigger is different. Like yeah. even from the manufacturers, mm-hmm. so even yeah. every 17 Glock 17 trigger is going to feel a little bit different or could feel a little bit different. I don't, maybe it's not fair to say it will, but it could because it's an individual trigger. It's a, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And so I'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but with that being said, like there's going to be people who are closer to how I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in the middle. There's going to be people who are like, fuck it. If you're trained well, you can use whatever the fuck we put in your hand, which is true. But also there's going to be the people that are like, I want every advantage I can possibly get. Why not upgrade if I can, which is also true. There's, there's nothing wrong with either of those. Things, yeah. Right. Um, so as far as concealed, I run like extended, an extended mag release, but it's like hardly extended. It's just like a little bit more than the factory one. It's a Vickers. I think, uh, like I said, stock trigger assembly inside, but because I have the compensator, I had to use five different recoil springs. Now who's to say that somebody who's less well read than me or experienced gets a compensator. Cause they see everybody like me and all my friends running compensators and no one really told them like, Hey man, I fucking, had to embarrass myself for four different recoil springs before I found the right poundage and, um, spring rate. So like for the gun, for the ammo you're shooting for the application, the the, the ammo matters. I always run 115 or 124 when I'm shooting at, at the range, pretty much always. That's all I ever run. I get the same ammo. So if that's the case, then I had like a 13, 14, 15, 16 pound and the stock spring at five different springs. 
And after running four different ones, including the stock one, I finally got to the spring that I, that works well with my particular comp because every comp is different mm-hmm. with my barrel length and the windows, excuse me, right. And bar- and, and slide the fact slide that I rate. have a Trigicon SRO red dot, mm-hmm. which changes where the weight is on the slide with one window. And, um, yeah, with 115, 124 grain ammo, right? So like all these things apply and they all play a role. Do I want your average person ever to think about that? Fuck no. Like I want to figure this out so they don't have to think about it. But even then, like I like compensators, but I still don't drive people to compensators on their carry gun because of that. Because why, why am I going to tell them this should work? This is what I use. But like, I, I can't really fully confidently tell them because who knows if they're cheap with their ammo, who knows if they get re- like too nice ammo. That's like 147 grain and they only shoot fucking hollow points. <laughs> who knows if like that person can even use a comp. That's actually a really good point. Like training, I mean, probably discussion for another time, but you know, okay. So that's your range ammo, but what's your, your home defense ammo or your, your carry. That's ammo. a good discussion. And right. I'm, <sighs> and have you shot with it? To this is probably going to hurt. It's probably going to hurt. Like, <laughs> my reputation a little bit. I don't know, but I tend to agree with what I think Grantham said. If you're going to train at the range all the time with whatever ammo, shoot whatever ammo you train with. That's pretty common, right? So law enforcement uses like the same hollow points that they would carry, right? With the ammo crisis and everything going on and just, let's just fucking basic finances. Who wants to shoot fucking federal hydro shock? Every time they're at the range, you shoot with fucking Kyle, you dump a thousand rounds in one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not shooting a thousand. We shoot a lot. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you, dude. I carry hollow points when I have a stock Glock and I carry range ammo with everything else. Cause I know that works. Same. That's consistent. Same. And I don't, I don't think that hollow points don't work. I understand the whole point behind hollow points, but I mean the whole, the whole time you're shooting anyways, you should be thinking about your surroundings, where that bullet goes and all these kinds of things anyways. There's a lot of discussion around that. We yeah. Well, if you shoot the hollow point, then it doesn't go through your wall and then through your neighbor's wall. And yeah. Really? You should already sure? be thinking about all that anyways, with right. or without a hollow point. But anyways, like you said, different discussion for a different day. But so my carry 19 is actually more than I would suggest most people carry. And the reason for that is because I'm product testing constantly. Okay. Um, when something's not right, I change it. Um, or I try to figure out what's wrong with it. Now, my personal favorite go-to carry, um, and I'll come back to this later, is the G45 with a Trigicon RMR or SRO. I, ca- I have one carry base plate in there, and my spare base plate, that's the large mm-hmm. base plate, right? The large base plate. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's labeled as. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So anyway, um, that's actually my go-to. And I'm talking about just that and possibly a weapon light. Uh, I actually am kind of weird. I carry a X300A, which is the quick mm-hmm. detach X300. Mm-hmm. I always have that on me, um, off my gun. And I carry just a gun with no weapon light in my holster. And I train with like my handheld, which is, has my thin ring and that. But then I also have a backup light. So not to sound like I'm fucking ready for anything, <laughs> it's pretty but much I, I, I have a backup handheld fucking Jerry told me to do that. So I did it and I chose an X 300 because I can slap it on my, my fucking gun. If it goes down, if it goes down, goes, goes, goes yeah, down, exactly. Yeah. But I also keep it off the gun externally as the, my backup. This is actually a, another discussion. Probably we could get into this. Like people, some people probably listen to this going, wait, what? He carries three lights on him at all times. <laughs> uh, 
No, he carries two lights yeah, with him two. at all light at all times. The the weapon light that he has isn't actually necessarily attached to his weapon, though. Yeah, is yeah. what is what you heard him say. We'll cover that another time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like doing that, but uh, okay. So that's my concealed setup, right? That's how I normally run it. But then, like I said, my go to, which I've I've ran in the past, and I'm probably going to come back around to when I get another G45. It's just a G45 with a Trigicon. Yep. That's it. Yep. Um. Basic. Now, yeah. And then we're going to talk about like combat setup now. And I, I'll say combat because like people like to say shit hit the fan gun. You know what I mean? Like either your military law enforcement or uh, this is like your if we ever need to fucking. Yeah. OK, but here's the thing with this, this, this statement, the shit hit the fan. If the shit hits the fan, what gun are you grabbing? Yeah, I'm not grabbing a fucking pistol yeah yeah i'm not grabbing a i mean i'm taking one along for the ride but that's not what i'm grabbing i i guess what i mean by that is your shit hit the fan sidearm because you're definitely grabbing an ar (laughs) that's the first thing you're not grabbing grabbing a shotgun you're not grabbing grabbing, yeah your shit hit the fan let's let's just say what's on your kit when you feel like going to the back cave all right so we're going going (laughs) zombie apocalypse is what we're talking about yeah so whatever zombie apocalypse and let's be honest dude you know the 2a world Hella people are just sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for them. There's there's not one person that hasn't thought about it. <laughs> yeah. so, to what extent that may vary. But yeah. Okay, I'm with you. So for right. me, that's a Glock 17. That's the same. My first Glock that I bought since I started shooting. I, I owned a Glock 21 a decade ago and never did anything with it. And we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But since I actually started training and shooting regularly, I've run the same G17. Um, it's not the shop clock. It's actually the one that I've just like done all product testing on. That's been tried and true. The one that the apex trigger blew up on, but again, I mean, it, it's been through everything. So I don't I'm not even knocking them for that, but so that one has the apex trigger assembly inside of it with my trigger shoe. I have a surefire X 300. That's saying something we just said there. So you, you went back to the apex trigger even after it blew Dude, up. Dude, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to keep going back just, to just it. Just a point to make that, yeah. you know, you've said that it blew up, but you also Promptly went out, got another one and threw it right back in your gun. Yeah. And I've shot a lot of triggers, dude. And, and for me, like I haven't shot the new Timney, which is everybody, everybody's talking about that one, but I've shot a lot and the apex is for sure my favorite. Yeah. And they all have their own issues. Yeah. So I've heard different. just as much about the Timney tr- triggers as anything else. So yeah. anyhow. Um, so I run X 300 light weapon light cause it's outside the waistband. Right. Um, I usually run a Safari land holster, but because I've been playing with comps, I can't really do that right now. I have a Trigicon RMR. Um, it is noticeably harder to get site acquisition with a Trigicon RMR than it is the SRO. But the RMR, dude, like that thing is fucking bulletproof, dude. I've dropped it hella times. You can see where I've dropped it. I've racked it against doors, racked it against belts, the bottom of my shoe. Like that thing has lived through so much, dude. I've had that optic now for a couple of years and, um, I haven't changed the battery yet. This goes to applicability and the practicality, but also dependability. Yeah. Piece. Like if yeah. you're going to, this is, this is the one you got to take to the shit, the yeah. zombie apocalypse. You want to make sure it ain't going to break when you're. Yeah. If you're telling me that I haven't fucking changed my battery in a couple of years and I've banged the thing and dropped it hella times and like it, the glass is bet. perfectly good. Pretty good bet. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. And I can point and shoot at 10 yards anytime I want. I don't need to find that dot if it's just 10 yards. But anything past that, I mean, obviously, you can just shake it off and you know, get good sight acquisition. But anyway. Listen up, kids. <laughs> uh, that one has a three-window uh, slide. 
Um, and that's not for reliability or whatever. That's, that's because, um, that slide with that comp and that recoil spring has like a Terran tactical uncaptured light spring in it because it's got like a dual port comp that setup, dude, like I can fucking burn shit down with that gun. And I just like it so much that I keep it. I've never had debris go into that, that slide. And I've played in mud and moon dust and stuff like that. I think my safari land has protected it very well. Uh, so I think that that's more, says more about the holster than, than anything, but, um, good point. But that slide's never given me issues, even though I know I just said that I'd prefer to have single window or no window. Um, and then uh, I have goon tape on that with the Terran Tactical Full Race Magwell, the big ass Magwell. And that thing is just, like I said, super easy to reload. Right. And I carry like large base plates with that. Um, G34 extended mag release because it's still Glock factory. It's so reliable. It's not over the top, but it's clearly better than the stock one. G34 extended slide lock. Again, it's just a little bit of a extension. It's from the factory. I feel like I have good reliability with it. And honestly, like if this is a shit hit the fan gun, like if I didn't run through, through so many rounds with like that slide, that comp, that spring and that trigger assembly, then I wouldn't even suggest shit hit the fan with that stuff. But since I personally have used this setup so much and it's worked so good, I'm just going to keep it because like, why would I fuck with it if it works so well? Like that's my best performing gun and it hasn't had reliability issues, right? Well, they say, you know, it works until it doesn't and you have to decide whenever it doesn't, you know, what, what direction you're going to go. But I think you're being very fair here in terms of your review of the stuff that you're running and the fact that things do break. I mean, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. So if you buy a gun and you think it's not going to break, um, if you use it, you know, consistently and yeah. over a long period of time, you're, you're wrong about that. It, this is, these things, these things happen. Um, what's interesting that I find is in this, in this part of the conversation, what we're talking about, and those people who listen to the show know there's a lot of Glock talk on this, on the show, because that's what we can get here in California. That's it's very accessible. Um, they're very reliable guns are very dependable guns. They're affordable guns. There's all kinds of reasons why we, you and I have, have, more of those than anything else. But what I find interesting is the people that are running these things, unless if they put a bunch of bolt on shit onto it, they tend to have a few issues. And we see this happening out on the, on the range all the time. It's like, well, what's going on? You know, is that a light strike? No, you know, like I'm having Mm -hmm. this issue with my con through this comp on there and Mm -hmm. the spring's probably not right. Or whatever. I changed, I changed this ammo out. I usually, I've never had an issue, but I changed my ammo and now I'm having issues and they're trying to kind of diagnose or break down what's, what's wrong with their gun. The people that are running stock guns never have these issues. The people that spend like $6,000 on a gun, you know, like some of these high end, high end guns, we're talking, you you mentioned 1911s, they're constantly having issues or bitching about it. Now, Those issues might be just their own little personal issues within the gun. Maybe it's not. It might be splitting hairs because they, you know, like we shoot with people that like they know so much and have so much experience with these things that they're, they're splitting hairs on a race car. Right. It's yeah, it's very, very minute things that they're unhappy with. And so, but every time, if you're looking at it and that, under that kind of scrutiny and you're, you're, you're tweaking this dial here and you're toggling this switch over here, trying to get this perfect setup, understand then your margin for error, your margin for something to not feel right or go wrong or whatever also goes up. Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're going to probably have issues. So, uh, I, again, it's just interesting what I see people coming out with these really high, high end, you know, expensive guns. They seem to be having more issues after they fuck with them, mm-hmm. you know, to try to make them this much faster, or this much lighter or, you know, whatever. 
then people out there on the range are shooting their, their, their basic shit. And by the way, they're not necessarily better shooters, which is a whole yeah. other topic, right? Yeah. They're, they look cool, right? They, they seem to perform well, but over the longer term, I'm not impressed. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. So just going back to your setups yeah. and application, like I just prefer something that's a bit more dependable. And I know when I pull it out of the holster, it's going to work the way I know it's supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you notice with my G17, my shit hit the fan kit gun, right? If you notice that versus my, my carry gun, it's a little different, but you notice how like I talk about how important performance and reliability is to me, but also you notice how I, I did a little bit more risky stuff on the 17, the kit style gun, right? That seems to be, uh, the case with everybody that I'm finding, like with every gun, like not just like their shit at the fan gun, like people are doing this with their carry guns. And it's kind of alarming to me because like, I know I make firearm like accessories and stuff like that. And I'm trying to make better products, not just for more enjoyable stuff, but just, just to make the gun like a better gun. So I know I'm going to sell it to people and they're going to do whatever they do with it. I can't control what people do with my shit. Right. But with that being said, it, I have seen people where I'm like, you know, I don't think you should be, uh, you know, like applying, let's say like my trigger on your only carry gun. And I think I've told you this kind of thing before. I've had a couple people tell me that all they have is a G19. Like, I really want your trigger. Yeah. Like, like I have a friend who he has a, a G17. He used my trigger, but I also, this guy's ex-military and he knows how to do shit. So he can diagnose what's going on then and there. I have no issues with that guy having his only Glock, having a trigger. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have a couple people who they have, you know, less than a year's shooting experience every so many months. I don't want them running my trigger because I don't I don't want them. Not that I've personally had any reliability issues with my trigger or anything like that. I don't want them to have to think about what could not couldn't be going wrong with their gun because maybe their pad placement on their index finger isn't perfect for the trigger safety because maybe they have short fingers. And I've never ran into that issue, but I don't have short fucking fingers. You know what I mean? So like we get into this gray area now where like my kit gun, that's, that's the gun I started all this with. And that's the one that's got the most experimenting on it. And that's just the setup I like. Now, if you notice, like I said, my, my preferred carry gun is a G 45 with just an optic. That's it. Right. So if that's the case, like you're starting to see like a lot of people we shoot with a lot of people on the internet, people who are just constantly messaging me and stuff like that. And like buying my stuff and I'm, I'm helping them out throughout the, like along the way, but maybe financially they can't have like a carry gun and a fun gun. Mm -hmm. So they just do everything to their one gun. Now that gets kind of dangerous. Yeah. I want to make a living. Yeah. I want to fucking drive an Audi R8, but I also don't want to tell people to fucking completely pimp out your fucking carry gun. That's the only gun you have. Cause it doesn't matter if it's my company, Terran tactical agency arms. It doesn't matter who it is. You shouldn't be doing that shit to your only gun. Yeah, the other thing I find interesting too is is people are doing this because they're seeing their buddies get into it, and they've now their buddies got there. There are a couple of guns down the line, mm-hmm. right? And they've kind of learned. And you yeah. were mentioning this, like I've changed some things, and you learned some things along the way. And ultimately, like you don't have enough time, bandwidth, money to stipple every gun, but yeah. you've learned kind of what you like, what you don't like through all through application through the process. Well. You get a guy that comes out to the range and he's got his little stock gun, right? And people, he's looking around and he he looks plain, Mm -hmm. right? He's, he's not fitting in with the in crowd now. Yeah. So the next thing he does is after one day on the range, he takes it to 
the shop sends it out and comes back with no reference points. Yeah. Right. No reference points. Well, I want all this done. I want all that. And calls up ability. Which trigger did you have again? Or, mm-hmm. or what's that comp you were running? I really like that barrel color that you had. Where'd you get that? They start basically making this Frankenstein gun and they come back. They have no reference points with regard to their own performance, how that original gun felt and whether what they have is working for them or not. They're just kind of trying to figure it out or worse. They buy a gun, never even shoot it before. And they send it out to mm-hmm. have all this, uh, all this work done to it. I, that's concerning to me. Like I, yeah. I don't really get that. Like crawl before you walk here, walk before you run. Uh, and by the way, how do you know that that three grand that you're about to throw at that $600 gun even gives you what you think it's going to give you in the end? That yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Call me an old man for thinking that way, but I'm very practical in this sense. Like, I'm like, you know, you know what this, that doesn't, that makes zero sense to me. It's like driving the car your grocery getter off the lot. Like the, the car that you're going to take your family, you got to put the car seats in and go get groceries in. You take it straight to the shop, right? And you have them completely tear it apart and put all high performance stuff in there, you know, suspension, motor, supercharger, differentials, new brakes and whatever else. And now you've made a an impractical car, yeah. right? An impractical car. It's not comfortable. It's not practical to do the things you need to do with it. And you have no point of reference and so, you know, you have nothing better to say than this gun is either great or this gun sucks. And if, if you say it sucks, then well, I guess what I'm saying is if you did all this work to a, to a gun and you don't like it, right. You, and you have no reference point, then you're a fucking idiot. That's yeah. just what I'm, that's, that's yeah. just what you have yeah. no reference and point. Not only are you like ill-informed, but also maybe, maybe you're taking advice from people who aren't thinking about you and your best interests, what your goals are, like we said, to start this with versus like what maybe you need. You know what I mean? Trust me. I'm telling you, like, I'm not just bullshitting you. I've had people that want my trigger and I tell them straight up, like, dude, let's get you training more and maybe let's get you a backplate if you need a fucking ghost on your gun, because that's not going to hurt reliability at all. And that will give you a little bit of touch feedback for like where your, your gun is on like concealed setups. But outside of that, dude, let's like get good with like the stock lock. And as you add things, let's understand what that's adding. And now you can get the feedback and say, oh, wow, that trigger really is different. Or I'm, I'm used to my pad placement being like this on the rounded stock trigger. And now you have a flat face trigger and feels different, different now. Right. You know what I mean? Rather than just like, you know, setting them, setting them up right away, like fully built car. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Like you walk into the car dealership or like you walk into the gun dealer, what are they going to do? Well, they have an agenda. Yeah. Right. Their agenda is to make money and sell you guns and sell you Mm -hmm. gun parts. So, you know, before you walk in and say, well, what I want to do this, what do I need? Maybe do some research and reach out and, and maybe get, get some trigger time on, on a gun that has a similar setup to the one that you're thinking you want Mm -hmm. or you think you need and really work backwards through that problem. instead of starting at the front end, start the back end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, everybody's always going to say you need training, right? Cause I mean, it's true. Like guns are like, it's a high responsibility to have. So training is the most important thing, but if you want to mod your gun, I get it. Everybody wants to mod their guns. Sure. Everybody wants to, it's just like cars. Um, I don't know. I guess I would hope that I can build people's trust and add value through guidance rather than like trying to force them to buy shit for no fucking reason when they just don't need it, you know? Um, but anyways, to circle back to what we were saying, like, like I said, my full kit G17. It's got like this gray area, right? Cause I'm really focused on reliability, but not so much so that I didn't run like a apex hybrid trigger with my shoe. Right. Not so much so that I didn't run like a recoil spring that fits my dual port comp. Remember we had Christine shoot 
And like the first time she was shooting the first like 20 rounds, she just couldn't keep my G17 or my G19 uh, to stay like, at, you know, flat. And like they kept stovepiping. Like she actually had to re-rack it every single time. And I was like, I know my guns aren't fucking broken. You know what I mean? And then I ran them both right after her and it was just fine. But that's something that needs to be talked about because you can't just go on Instagram and be like, well, fuck dude, train with purpose runs this setup. And then I should have that. And then you have it and you haven't done like the foundational stuff, like work on your grip or your trigger placement, your your finger placement on the trigger and things like that. If you haven't worked on that and figured that out, you might've just bought yourself a less reliable gun, even though the gun itself's not less reliable, but the way you handled it because it's a race car now. Good point. Right. So like, I'm sure they were thinking, you know, Christine and her manager, like, oh shit, these guns aren't working. But really we had them circle back at the very end of that range day after running them through a ton of rounds, doing all this instruction on working on grip and trigger pull and sight acquisition stance, all this stuff. Right. At the end of the day, guess what Christine wanted to shoot? She wanted to shoot the 17 with the dual port comp and she had zero malfunctions. No issues. Yeah. Right. And so people need to think about these things when you get into modding. So know your goals. Like, are you building a race car for that has nothing to do with safety and prep life or self-defense. If it has nothing to do with that, build your race gun where shit will fall off as you're racing because, oh shit, like, oh well, like we're at the racetrack. You know that it will and have fun doing it. Yeah, exactly, right? And if you want to carry a gun, I'm always going to tell people, I'm always going to tell them, dude, get good with your stock lock. And the only thing that I think is like really an important upgrade if you want to spend money is a red dot. Either that's milling the slide or buying a slide that fits the red dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quality. That has to be quality because I've also seen people use the Glock MOS slide or cheap slides just in general and the red dot comes right off. So you either have to buy like a forward controls like red dot mount mm-hmm. if you're going to use the Glock MOS like I had on my 45 or like a Gunco slide. Something or remail like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something that you know for a fact like, okay, this thing's been tested, you know? Yeah, there's something to be said about these carry guns too in terms of modification and having a CCW license and should you get into trouble and you have a modified gun understand that that could be a problem for you again if you got into a situation where you had to use your gun and things were in question Uh, because a there are there are forces of evil out there that are going to try and pick apart every single little thing that you did that made that situation more dangerous, right? To yeah, I could to make you. to make the shit bag look better in, in their particular situation. Yeah. Should you be in that kind of should you you get caught in that kind of a circumstance? Uh, and I mean, when you're registering your your guns on your permits, right? You're registering a serial number for a stock gun. Yeah, not what not all the other stuff that you put on there. And if something goes down. Understand that you're going to be responsible for every mm-hmm. screw, every pin, every yeah. change, every sight height difference. All the uh, one of those bullets goes stray, doesn't go on target. 100. percent And you have a, you have aftermarket sights, uh, iron sights, whether it be a red dot, and it doesn't hit. Well, then that's the reason. And because you modified that gun, it's your fault now. Yeah. And you were negligent, not the shitbag and, that tried and, to and rob you and your family in the parking lot. None of it has to be logical. Cause you have to remember if we're talking about the two, a community, there's already so many, like <laughs> there's already so much like false made up vernacular in the two, a community, like fucking, I think we were joking about this the other day, like thousand round clips or some shit like it, that. Like who the fuck, 
Oh, I can tell you who the fuck says that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not yeah, I know, I know. We don't need to. My, my just point. Get fired up. <laughs> my point is though, is that like, there's already people that are just hoping and praying that you do something like make your gun safer than, or make it easier to use than the factory Glock. But they're going to use that to say, oh, he had a hair trigger. That thing just goes off on its own, which it doesn't. But that's like the 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 person that's not informed. Like I don't know the jury. If you ever uh, have to, the attorney, the, yeah, the prosecuting attorney, yeah, everybody involved. If they're not a gun person, they're just not going to be informed. And so, anytime we're talking about any self defense situation, whether we're talking about the the topics we're talking about now or just in general, there's always going to be a ton of like lawyer stuff you're going to have to think about if you ever have to defend yourself. So that's a whole nother thing, but it's definitely a thing like you mentioned with concealed. Uh, if you do anything, even if you made the gun easier to shoot or even more comfortable safer for you for or, or, or safer. Right. I mean, cause look, we're in California. I don't know every single range they've ever shot with a fixed magazine, juggernaut tactical mag lock, whatever the fuck those things, every single range day, it never fails, dude. Somebody's always on the side of the fucking uh, range trying to fix their flagging somebody like trying yeah. to download a weapon that's got rounds in it. Yes. Yeah. And one of those things is always jamming. It's always malfunctioning. So they actually make the gun less safe. And that's our government who did that. Yeah, that's so a whole, whole thing. Yeah. So think about that before you mod a gun. And then if you do have to defend yourself, it doesn't matter if you're in the right or in the wrong, you're going to have to go through yeah, yeah. the whole lawyer situation, right? You're going to have to deal with, uh, the court and the jury and however the paint, the picture is painted. Yeah. It's just, it just might make it easier on you if there's not so much extra that they have to go through. Not to say you can't modify your gun or you shouldn't modify your yeah. gun. Just understand that that's a reality. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, uh, my gen five G 45, I know the G 45 is only gen five, but I have to say gen five because the recoil spring and the trigger is a little bit more forgiving on the gen fives. My gen five G 45 with a, a Trigicon RMR, uh, that thing shoots like, pff, I don't know, maybe a nine out of 10. If my G 17 is a 10, it's maybe an 8.5 or nine out of 10 in terms of performance. Like maybe it doesn't, you know, shoot quite as fast cause it doesn't have the ported slide and like the dual port comp. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, it doesn't have like the race trigger. But my point is that I've done pretty much anything I could possibly want to do with the Glock, including shoot hundred yards C zone steel with a G45 with an RMR. So why the fuck do you need anything else if you're carrying a gun? That's going to argue. That's yeah. going to keep you out of trouble. Yeah, I can't. I, I and don't think it's I that's going to be reliable. There there there'll always be somebody out there that will want to debate this, yeah. but the reality of it is is what is practical. Like if yeah. you can do that, then why do you need a bunch of other shit? It would be cuz you want it to look cool or yeah. you think it's making you look cool or yeah. you think it's going to make you better uh than what reality is but hey listen it's fucking america do what you want just understand that every time you do one of these things what you're saying it may not be doing exactly what you want it to or could be putting you in a situation that might be uh, might make a practical situation impractical yeah and i I think that a lot of this has to do like i said with like social media people seeing other people's like setups and then Also, it's very true that a lot of people only have one, maybe two Mm. guns. And if they have one, maybe two, they're going to get impatient. They're going to feel weird. Like, okay, I want a light. Okay. I want a new trigger. Okay. I need this new slide. 
I might as well get the fucking thousand dollar agency slide because I need to mount it on my I need it for my RMR. Mm. Like that's the only way I'm getting a red dot. You know what I mean? Well, if you're in California, I guess that's an excuse. But like if you have a Gen 5 MOS, like that's what I had with my 45 and you get like a, a little like adapter and for 70 bucks and you're good to go. But just I guess if there's anything to take away from this is know what your goal is, because there's different goals for everything. And also have discipline. <laughs> I know it's hard to say, but like, don't do the comp where you have to figure out if you have the perfect grip. I mean, cause first of all, who knows if single-handed, if you even have a decent grip, I've never had issues with my comps, but like, I can see that being a thing where somebody oh, has, I've, I've seen it being a thing. Yeah. Where somebody has like a shitty grip in the first place. And then you give them like single-handed, like we're talking about self-defense here, right? Yeah. You'd probably don't want to fucking comp in a light recoil spring. If you're single-handed and you're fucking, heart rates elevated and you're some awkward position. And we're just talking hypothetically here. If this is a self-defense. Yeah. There's a lot of things going to that. I mean, training in low light situations and with one hand with the handheld light in it and the other hand, you know, with the, with a pistol in it. I mean, if you haven't trained low light mm-hmm. and you're thinking, well, I've got a setup here and it's fine. I have a comp yeah. on my, and this is going to work fine, but you've only ever trained with a two handed grip on that gun. Uh, you're doing yourself a disservice, right? When you're out there on the range during the day, I guess yeah, is what I'm yeah. saying. Most people are shooting, they're not shooting one hand. I don't see a lot of that happening or yeah. weak side for that yeah. matter. So yeah, good point. And like, I know that, um, I don't know, GBRS just did a video that I didn't watch. Not that I don't want to, I'm probably going to end up watching it, uh, about comps. And I guess they like did like some myth shit about like comps from retention, like up close because like a comp, you can see if you watch my videos where I'm shooting with a comp, you can see gas like shooting out two feet in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. So where do you think that comp is when, you know, you're pressing that thumb into the nipple and you have to shoot up close in a real self-defense oh, you, scenario? You, yeah. You're talking about like hand to hand type shit. Yeah. So like what happens if like, like you to me right here, this is like two and a half, three feet away from each other. What if I have to take a step back and draw? And then what if I can't get full presentation? Cause that's very realistic that I'm going to be compressed while I shoot you. Where the fuck are those gases going from that comp? Probably right in my fucking face. face. Yeah. That's not good. You know? So there's like little things that you have to think about, which comes with training comes with experience, or you can like ask people who know better. You know what I mean? Not that I, I'm saying I know better about everything. I'm just saying like, I obviously try to like sort things out with my own experiences so that I can like pass on that information. So people don't have to experience that. Right. It's just, it's thinking critically. Yeah. It's, it's working through the problem and, and trying to think through the scenario and it's not weird to do that. Yeah. Uh, what I think it's, what I think is weird is buying a gun based on what somebody else has. Yeah. Right. Without trying it on, you know, unless it's like gun number five. Yeah. That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. But, but going back to the, most people only have maybe mm-hmm. one or two guns. What yeah. are you using this for? That person with one gun, it's probably not just a race gun. Yeah. Probably not. That person that's going to the, to the quote unquote racetrack yeah. or to the USPSA range. Yeah. They don't just have one gun. They have lots no of way. guns. I yeah. mean, I don't know anybody that goes out that only has one, but the, the, to your point yeah. that let's just be smart about how I we're mean, building. And let's guns. be honest here too. Like most likely there's probably a good chance that if you ever had to defend yourself in a concealed carry situation, a revolver might even be a really good. Oh, we're, yeah, you're opening up a hole. I know. You know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying my dad would love that. I'm saying this because <laughs> he's such a fucking fud, but um, no, really though. My dad carries like a, a I think it's like a slick hammer, mm-hmm. uh, 38 
no, 357 yeah. Magnum snub nose yeah. and like a little leather pouch, you know, <laughs> but Hey dude, no, I was, I was talking to fucking Raul from rogue methods uh, briefly about this one time. And he made like a really good fucking point, dude. Like that trigger sucks. It's like a long two stage trigger. It's not going to go off on its own for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I feel like I'm decently strong and that thing takes some, it's like some force 17 pound trigger. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so you have that thing in some sort of fucking little baby holster it's small, concealable, and like from me to you, you point shoot. Single hand, both hands, doesn't fucking matter. You very just effective. fucking point shoot, yeah, right? Very effective. In most cases, when you're concealing, you're not playing superhero. You're playing like, get the fuck out of dodge, right? It's true. So like if we really want to talk about it, like like I said, a stock Glock is going to be reliable. Um, but even that's going to be like if you actually buy like a decent company, like a Smith & Wesson or some shit like that revolver. My point in saying that is like, you really don't need like a fucking compensator in that issue and like springs and shit like that. If it's your only fucking Glock or we're not just talking about Glocks like MMP forties, nine mils, whatever. Berettas are great guns. CZs are great. Those are all just like hella fucking heavy and the manipulations are a little bit harder to get used to. It's a different gun, a little bit more moving parts, but those are great guns. Um, you don't have to rock Glock. We just, you and me just. For me as a business, I know I have to use Glock because like that's the most popular gun in the world. It's the easiest manual of arms. It's probably the most reliable. I think that's pretty safe to say. And the price point is extremely affordable in relation to everything else you can buy. It's like buying a Chevy or Ford, man. Everybody's got one or the other. Yeah, I mean, and if it was zombie apocalypse, you can find fucking <laughs> Glock parts everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. You got yeah. uh you got something to trade. Yeah. You got currency. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I've I don't know if you had anything else that, um, no, man, I, nah, I was going to let you run with that one. I think you did a great job with it, dude. Like, uh, good takeaways there. I think for people, particularly for those people that are kind of thinking they, they've recently got into this mm-hmm. and they're seeing all of this stuff happen and on social media, which is, you know, let's talk, I mean, it's part of the thing, you know, it's big influence. we it's had big Frank influence. on, yeah. right. You know mm-hmm. what, Ooh, what's that on that gun? You know, mm-hmm. he's taking all these cool pictures and, and, uh, you know, what is this and how, why is a person running that? And, you know, the, the videos are getting a little bit more sizzly and a little cooler and, 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 and there's a lot of great points being made and there's a lot of good product out there. It's just, you know, what's right for you as the, as the consumer, what's, what's right for you in terms of your practical application, your safety, your home defense, your fun guns, you know, whatever it else and, and make smart decisions. So maybe think critically before you go out and spend a bunch of money and strapping stuff onto your gun. Yeah. Right. Because at that point you become like a liability if you don't know what the fuck you're doing with training or with your gun, which is just silly. And then you look like an idiot when the point at the beginning was to look cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we'll end with that. Yeah. Don't look like a douche when you're trying to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> All right, brother. Good talking to you. All right. Same, man. Thank you for tuning into this episode of iron sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, You can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.